Welcome to another episode of Skincare and Scandals. I'm Nicole, and I am joined by Alicia. And we're back today to tell you about all the products that you saw there on your face and the scandals behind them. And we are so excited to be back after a break. Yes. And we're ready to roll. Yeah. Happy 2024, Nicole. Happy 2024. Alicia, what have you been up to skincare wise? You know, just dealing with this cold weather and trying to stay heavily moisturized. What about you? You Kind of, kind of the same. Started 2024 out um, with some stressful times. That sounds ominous. I got a new job. Everything's good. Um, But (laughs) may or may not have had some breakouts. So we're going out from our breakout phase back into our let's get rid of this hyperpigmentation left behind phase. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I've been experimenting with that. Some new retinols, yeah, moisture, more barrier repair, all the things. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely some new products in 2024 where I know Nicole posted an empties video recently. Uh, we're recording this at the end of January of 2024. So Go check out that reel if you're listening alongside of kind of like in real time, I guess. Uh, But we've got a couple of empties and newbies, I guess, videos. I did empties and additions. So I'll post my additions. I guess I'll post them tonight so they'll be ready and you can study them in preparation for this episode. Yeah. (laughs) No pressure for me not to forget. Um, Well. But yeah. For this episode, we are having to talk about something that honestly, I really didn't think that we would have to talk about, but yeah, yeah, it's kind of an actual scandal. Yeah. Like we've had some nice episodes. We've been learning a lot together here. We are back to scandals because people are out there in the streets doing bad things. Yeah. Alicia, what are they doing out there on the streets? They're using tanning beds. Why? Yeah. Why? Like, I, I, we're going to get into why people think it's okay to use a tanning bed, but I just, y'all, I can't dedicate every episode in life to this topic. Yeah. So we started seeing some videos on Instagram and TikTok, uh, really stitches from some of the dermatologists and estheticians that we follow. They were looping in this video that Kim Kardashian had done where she was giving a tour around these skin offices. And she was saying, of course, I'm Kim Kardashian. Of Or I'm Kim Kardashian. Of course, I have a 3D duplicate of my brain in my office. I'm Kim Kardashian. Of course, I have a miniature of my airplane. I'm Kim Kardashian. Of course, I have every magazine cover I've ever been on framed in my office walls. And she's walking through and she's giving, you know, she's giving this tour of all the stuff she has. And in the middle of the video, you see her crawling out of a tanning bed. And she says, I'm Kim Kardashian. Of course, I have a tanning bed in my office. And everybody is like, record scratch. What? Like, so... What? Just no, Kim, Kimberly, Kimberly, with all the world and love in the world. No girl. No, no. Yeah. So, and, and then obviously, okay. So then you start seeing the chatter everywhere on social media. Like are tanning beds a thing now? Like, are we doing tanning, tanning beds now? Like, are we, is that, no, no, that's not a thing. No, it's not coming back. And my fear about this a little bit is, okay, so you know, like with every generation, the generations only get smarter when they're taught by their elders 
what they need to be smart about. And I feel like for millennials, we were really that that generation that got all of the good science and education about why tanning beds were bad. Maybe we used them when we were in like middle school or high school, but we know better. We're We've done better. We're reformed because like the science came out, we got it. You know, skin cancer rates dropped because people stopped using tanning beds over that decade from like 2009 to, to 2015 and everything was getting really good. Well, now we've got this next generation of kids who don't necessarily know. They haven't seen, they haven't experienced, and they don't necessarily understand. So you've got this new group of people who are like, wait, tanning beds are good? Question mark. Is this something I should be looking into? And that is what concerns me. And I think that's right. what's concerning the medical community as well. Well, also the reason Kim Kardashian, I feel like I have to call her Kimberly because she's in trouble. Like Kimberly's in trouble. <laughs> yeah. The reason Kimberly is using a tanning bed is because she claims that it helps with her psoriasis. Ugh. So no. she is putting a medical spin on the use of a tanning bed. Terrible, terrible. So. Now, I, I will say in her video, she jumps from the tanning bed to a red light bed. One of the, the you know, the red mm -hmm. light therapies that we've talked about on the show before. I have a red light mask. I love it. Those are two very different things. A tanning bed right. and a red light therapy bed, vastly different things. They are not the same thing. Um but we thought it would be important to kind of break down this video, even though Kim has come, you know, she went on to X, formerly Twitter, and was defending, like Nicole said, she was defending what she was doing. We thought it was important to kind of break down what psoriasis is, do her, are her claims legit at all? And, you know, what what's up with tanning beds? What can you do when you have these kind of skin conditions? Just kind of walk through it like that. Right. So if you have watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians, you know that Kimberly has psoriasis and she is a psoriasis warrior. And I do appreciate her bringing up psoriasis yeah, for and sure. being vulnerable with that. I think that's so helpful, especially because it's something that's visible and it's super uncomfortable too. I had friends in college who had psoriasis and it doesn't, just doesn't seem fun to deal with. Yeah. So what is psoriasis? It's a chronic disease in which your immune system becomes overactive and your skin cells multiply too quickly. Because of that, you get these patches of skin that are scaly and inflamed, most often on your scalp, your elbows, your knees, but it can be anywhere. Um, I think Kim normally gets it like on her face and her legs. Mm. Um, and it doesn't say that there's like a root cause, but it's a mix of genetics and environmental factors. So yeah. that's what psoriasis is. It's kind of, and there's different types. There's psoriatic arthritis, which also gets in your joints. There's just psoriasis yeah. on your skin. There's plaque psoriasis. And that's what you commonly see. Um, but it's not, it's not fun. Yeah. And I mean, we've talked about this on the show before. I have uh, eczema and I would say that my eczema is very similar to sort of the overactive immune system part of psoriasis where, I mean, I, like mine is definitely inflamed by allergens. Certain times of year, it's way worse than others. Um, I'm not sneezing. I have like skin issues. <laughs> so um, I can definitely sympathize with that desire to 
really want to do literally anything and everything you can to alleviate those symptoms because they can be really debilitating. And certainly, you know, when you have it on your face or if you have it on a part of your body that, you know, the public would naturally see your hands, your arms, face, neck, something like that, that's not really easily hideable. It can be really embarrassing. Um, You know, if you have it on your scalp, it's going to end up looking like uh, you have like a ton of dandruff, or if mm-hmm. you have it on your hands, like people are looking at you. Um, so yeah, I mean, it can be rough. And then certainly if, if like Nicole mentioned with psoriatic arthritis, it gets in your joints that absolutely can be debilitating. So wanting to find solutions, I get that. And I think a lot of people can really sympathize with that. You know, if you have some sort of issue, where it just feels like you can't find any relief for it and it doesn't let up. Uh, you're really desperate to do anything. So I I can totally sympathize with that if, you know, that's where she's coming from. Right. So the most common psoriasis treatments, and I'll save one of them for last because I think that'll bring it full circle, is obviously different creams and lotions, typical steroid creams or topical corticosteroids. Um, Oral medications are sometimes needed biologics. There's things that can be delivered through a IV system that helps with psoriasis. And obviously all these things go through a doctor. And then the last one that is kind of, I wouldn't, I guess it's a newer treatment is light treatment. So it is true that ultraviolet rays can help heal with the therapy being done in a doctor's office or at home with a specialized device. So why are we getting on to Kimberly for her tanning bed if we're saying that UV is good for psoriasis? Well, so let's let's take a look at why it feels a little hypocritical for her to do that. So obviously she has a skincare brand. Um, and so if she's always talking about, I mean, look, I think if you're really being very plain about the Kardashians, I think you can say that they are really chasing this like eternal youth, right? Like the perfect flawless skin. And we know that UVA, UVB rays, Mm -hmm. that, that really, really harmful light exposure absolutely destroys your skin. So it seems sort of opposite to for her to be kind of talking about this, but really that's sort of the question. Like, is there any legitimacy to this connection to psoriasis? And I mean, everything I'm seeing says no, except like Nicole said, if you are, if you're doing something specific with a doctor in office, um, Right. So it's, you need to understand before we go all in on Kimberly is that there are different kinds of light. And we've have talked about this before. There's UVB, which is ultraviolet B and UVA, which is ultraviolet A light. So there's two different types of light. So the type of light that you use for psoriasis in phototherapy is ultraviolet B light that has more of a healing effect and can help the skin. UVA light is what you get from tanning beds. It's an artificial light that speeds up your melanin production. And it's the kind that makes you old and wrinkly and leather backy. And you don't want that. (laughs) And while some tanning beds have a mix of the two, mainly tanning beds have UVA 
lights. And so that's why you shouldn't be using a tanning bed for your psoriasis. Yes, there are phototherapy beds. A tanning bed is not a phototherapy bed just because it may have UVB and UVA bulbs because UVA bulbs lead to what? Cancer. And no right. one wants that. You take a look at dermatologist's office offices who advertise this type of treatment for psoriasis, you'll see really that the in-office sessions are very quick. They're usually just a few seconds. It might be a single wavelength of UVB light to treat it as opposed to the hundreds of wavelengths of UVA and UVB light that you're exposed to either in the sun or in a tanning bed in that direct close contact, um, usually for a considerably longer period of time. So Again, doctor and doctors are only focusing on those specific areas that are having psoriasis flares. So it's very directed. It's very specific. And again, it's under doctor care with specialized lights. So, you know, to, to, to just lay down in a tanning bed and say, oh, I'm treating my psoriasis <laughs> really right. is sort of a, um, is sort of a destruction of the very specific methodology that a dermatologist is going to use in office to treat that particular, um, I guess, disease really. Yeah. And what a dermatologist is going to use is very obviously not similar because it's probably higher end, but something like your red light mask, it's going to be a specific targeted wavelength of light for a certain condition. It's not just like going in a tanning bed and saying, YOLO, what's up? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so uh, let's talk a little bit about the tanning beds themselves. So for those individuals, yeah. look, we have been very honest with you on this show. There are nights where I just crash and I don't take my makeup <laughs> off. Listen, sue me. Okay. There are, there are some days where I'm in a real big hurry in the morning and I don't put sunscreen on or, you know, I may... I may go to the beach and put my sunscreen on at the beach without having put it on ahead of time. Maybe I'm a, a little bit behind the behind the gun on that one. What I really, really hope. So I say all that to say, look, like you're not always going to hit it out of the park every single day. We're just doing the best we can, man. Like we're just doing the best we can. But I I'm really perfect. hope. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, fine. Nicole's perfect. I, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'll go there. Are, other end of that. There are days where I do not, I may have some SPF in my makeup, but sometimes I may not put a sunscreen on underneath. And that makes me a hypocrite. And I'm sorry to all our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> but what I really, really hope that people are not doing is going to a tanning bed because that is an active thing that you can stop and you can really, really save yourself a lot of trouble down the road. Yeah. That is like, so like 2009, be better. I can Just remember be better. Look, I mean, I was, I went to tanning beds when I was in high school and I will not tell you those years because I will not have you do the math on that. I want people <laughs> to believe I am a child prodigy. So, um, I, yeah, I, I did that. I am now doing better and I stopped doing that a long time ago because I understand the risks and there are safer ways to get color, but I absolutely did that. And so those are things that I go to a dermatologist now to make sure that my moles and spots and all of those things are 
okay because of past damage that I did, like really bad damage. But this this is like, these are serious. These are very serious things. There are states that have outlawed tanning beds. I applaud them. I have learned. So Nicole, little plug for this. Nicole and I recently went to our state capitol to do some advocacy work uh, with a group that we're involved in. And while we were there, we took the opportunity to chat about some bills that are currently pending regarding to kind of touch on the, the skin cancer side. But what I've learned through this process mm-hmm. of, of advocacy over the years is that apparently the tanning bed lobby is extremely strong. It's super strong, which is so weird. Isn't that weird? Like that there's this cabal of like tanning bed companies. Yeah. <laughs> like apparently they are very strong. And Florida is one of the states that has not outlawed this yet. Um, there are a lot of states that have, but there are a lot of there are a lot of states that have not. And I really wish Florida could be one of them because it is such an un there is no there's no medical benefit to it at all. At no. all. Like here, I'm going to read you some statistics from the American Academy of Dermatology. So y'all understand like we're not being dramatic. Um, we're not just saying it's going to turn you into a leather bag, which it is, but <laughs> it increases your chance of squamous cell carcinoma by 58%, mm. basal cell carcinoma by 24%, and using a tanning bed before age 20 can increase your chances of developing melanoma by 47%, and every single use of a tanning bed increases your risk. So it's not like 5%. It's not like, oh, maybe one day. Like, no, it has a real cognizable risk. And I feel like if you can reduce your chance of cancer by 24%, maybe you should do that. Yes. Like, so, uh, and and I know we're talking lingo here a little bit. So the basal cell carcinomas that Nicole mentioned, those are caused by damage and subsequent DNA changes to the basal cells in the outermost layers of the skin. So when you have exposure to this ultraviolet light or ultraviolet radiation, both from the sun and from indoor tanning, which is extremely direct, extremely concentrated, that's when you're going to see those basal cell carcinomas and skin cancers start to appear. So really that's the major cause of basal skin carcinomas is the UV radiation from the sun and indoor tanning. So that's kind of separate from the Mm -hmm. squamous cell carcinomas or melanomas that Nicole mentioned. Right. So squamous cell carcinoma is the second most common form, and it's normally found on areas of the body damaged by UV rays or tanning beds. Um, It is a slower growing skin cancer, but squamous cell carcinoma can spread to the tissues, the bones, lymph nodes, and that makes it super hard to treat. Yeah. It normally comes up in like really red scaly skin that's like rough and crusty. Um, sores that don't heal completely, growths with raised edges, or bumps that kind of look like a wart but aren't a wart. Um, and yeah, it's not not good for you. And then melanoma is a kind of skin cancer that starts in the melanocytes. And melanocytes are cells that make the pigment that gives skin its color. So you may uh, be familiar with the phrase melanin the pigment is actually called melanin. And so melanomas typically start on the skin that's exposed to the sun, and that includes skin on the arms, back, face, and legs. So, Except this is the one that's like, this is the one that's going to kill you. 
Yes. They're yeah. all deadly, but like melanoma, not good. The word melanoma literally means black tumor. Yeah. Not chic, not cute. Yeah. Um, and so most melanomas are caused by, again, exposure to ultraviolet light, um, again, coming from sunlight or tanning lamps, tanning beds. Uh, and it seems to be increasing in people under 40, especially women. Why? <laughs> because women are the ones that are throwing themselves in tanning beds uh, still to this day. And I think one of the reasons why, again, I touched on I touched on this earlier and I didn't completely finish the thought, but if you are familiar with some of the things the Kardashian family, like if you watched the most recent seasons of whatever their show is on E! Now, I'm not, I'm not sure what the title is, but Khloe Kardashian in 2022 had a lingering bump on her face that she thought was a zit and ended up like finding out after a biopsy that it was melanoma. She had an operation to remove it and, you know, also said that she had a melanoma on her back at the age of 19. So, you know, the, they are, these things are very serious. And so it is just very odd for somebody who not only has had this in her family. Like I remember when, uh, Chloe had that taken off her face. Mm -hmm. It was a whole thing. And she had to get some sort of like little plastic surgery procedure because it was in a very noticeable area. And she said she felt very conscientious about it. Um, and it was very serious and she was very worried. And then, you know, for Kim to turn around and have a tanning bed in her office, it just seems, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, we There's know better. So many misconceptions around tanning beds, which I think we should talk about. Yes. Um, one is that they're safer than the sun. Nope. Like, no, it's worse. It's worse than the sun. It's concentrated. Yes. Sunlight. It's not sunlight. Yep. It's concentrated. Um, a lot of people have <laughs> The word base tan. Ugh. I let me tell y'all a story. Um, I met someone and had probably known them for a week, and they said they were going on a trip and were going to go get a base tan. And this is a colleague of mine who I'm still close to. And the way I lectured this individual within a week of knowing them was ridiculous. I was like, there's no such thing as a base tan. You're going to get a melanoma. That's irresponsible. <laughs> there's a thing called self-tanner. And they're like, are you into skincare or something? I was like, yeah, I actually have a whole podcast on the thing, um, which you should go <laughs> listen to this episode, this episode, and this episode, because base tans are not a thing. You can um, still burn when you have a base tan. There's no such thing as a base tan. It's just you're a little bit toastier now, but it's uh, not going to help you. I've heard people say that they need tanning beds to get more vitamin D. Yeah, that's not a thing. No, it's not a thing. Because your body needs UVB light, which is the not necessarily the good light, but the light that's used in treatments. And most tanning beds have UVA lights. And so you're not going to get any vitamin D out of this tanning bed. Also, you can you can go outside during times of the day that have lower UV ratings, like going out mm -hmm. in the morning. There's actually scientific studies about getting morning sunlight before when the UV rating is like at zero or one and you're still getting, you know, that morning sun. 
Um, but I mean, also eat, eat fruits and vegetables, like take a vitamin D supplement. Like you don't have to, it is nonsensical and will make you sound like an idiot. (laughs) If you tell, if you go around and tell people that you're vitamin D deficient and you're going to a tanning bed to, to alleviate that deficiency, never say that. That is so dumb. You know what you can do? You can just go outside with some sunscreen on. Yes, you can go outside with some sunscreen on. Like it's not, it's not going to prevent all your vitamin D-ness by wearing sunscreen. And I think that's no. a misconception too. It's like people are like I can't get my vitamin D, so I need to lay out with the sun without sunscreen for a certain no. amount of time. Like no, that's that's not a thing. Yes, like, I yes. get you think it's a thing. It's not a thing. I am. I'm really surprised, I think, at the FDA's lack of like true federal legislation on tanning beds. I think that's what I'm really surprised at. I mean, they have laws and policies on indoor tanning bed usage, but they haven't outlawed them. And I want to talk a little bit about some of their laws and policies. So they require tanning beds and sun lamp products to be identified as posing serious health risks. Mm -hmm. They have an official recommendation against the use of tanning beds by minors under 18. It's not outlawed federally, just a recommendation. They've classified tanning beds and sun lamps as class two medical devices, which means that, you know, manufacturers have to include certain safety assurances. And then there's like labeling requirements about the risks. So, I mean, really, that's it. Now, the American Academy of Dermatology Association supports sort of as their like platform state and national efforts placing restrictions on them. And so here's some of the states that have actually passed laws that prohibit minors under the age of 18 from indoor tanning. This list surprised me a little bit. Hmm. So here, okay, here's the states. California, Delaware, D.C., Hawaii, Illinois, Kansas, Louisiana, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Nevada, New Hampshire, New York, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Oregon, Rhode Island, Texas, Vermont, Virginia, Washington, and West Virginia. So when you're looking at those states, I think it it, it becomes very clear that it is like a bipartisan issue about this particular right there's no like trend it's just like yeah this is bad this is cancerous yeah let's not do it get some saint tropez yeah what's the problem you can look at that list and say those are blue states red states purple states like everybody can kind of rally behind this um there are states with sun there are states without sun there are states in the middle of nowhere there are states in the middle of something that's all over yeah. So, I mean, I, I am hopeful that more states will join that list. Some states are a little bit more flexible on the dates, like some say like 15 and under, some say like 17 and under. Uh, but overall, there seems to be like a good uh, portion of the states out there that are trying to, to, I guess, try and protect people as much as possible. Um, so between the years of 2013 and 2018, the global prevalence of indoor tanning in adolescents was 6.5% and 10.4% in adults. The numbers, thankfully, have been decreasing in recent years, but over 7 million adults 
on average, still engage in the use of indoor tanning. And it seems to be trending downward for high school students, but it hasn't stopped entirely. So also like that wasn't cheap to go do back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Like no child needs to be in a tanning bed. I mean, I'm hopeful that at least for the younger generation, maybe that don't have jobs and they're still getting allowances that maybe their parents who are of the millennial Gen X generation, who's older than the millennials, whatever that generation is. The boomers. I know there's one in between. Oh my goodness. (laughs) It's not the boomers. (laughs) Maybe I think it's like Gen X is the one that's like just beyond the millennials. So they're the ones that have. Not me reciting the alphabet. I think it's Gen X, but that those are the generations right now, Gen X millennials that that have kids in the middle school to high school range. And so I'm hopeful that a lot of those groups, because we're the ones that really were going to tanning beds, we got the scary science, we made these changes, we stopped doing these things. Maybe they're helping, you know, teach their kids to to be better. So I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe there is a hope. I think like a lot of the medical providers on Instagram and TikTok, there's a little bit of concern that, you know, she, she, she being Kim, she does mm-hmm. live in a very different world than the rest of us. And right. But she also has a light therapy bed next to her tanning bed. So Kimberly respectfully just move yeah. from one device to the other girlfriend. Exactly. Like the, the, the assistance is in front of you. Just move from bad place A to good place B. Like, and doesn't she have a, the light stem bed? Yeah, that's okay. what she needs. Go, go over there, Kimberly. Yeah. Just move, move it along. That's all, that's all need. she needs. That's all she if needs. If you want to use a tanning bed, just say that. But if you're using it to cure your psoriasis, you're on the wrong device. Yes. And again, I mean, I feel like we're probably preaching to the choir here because I think our listeners are smarter we than We are this, but... preaching to the choir, but we are enabling our choir to go out and preach and then those people can go out and preach and then it's a big <laughs> preaching sun's care scheme except yes. there's no there's no money involved so it's not a ponzi scheme yeah <laughs> and you know of course just because a celebrity does something doesn't mean that you should have to too no we don't know that um and you know i will say this a lot of people were saying that they were going to stitch her video stitch meaning like video mm-hmm. and in video for those who don't know the lingo, but they, for you boomers, <laughs> but they decided not to, because they said, look, it's giving her more of a platform for this idiotic information. And look, if she's, she's nothing, if not a great, you know, advertisement for herself. And so, you know, the more people talk about her, even bad publicity is publicity at the end of the day. So, mm-hmm. you know, I hope that the message ultimately gets out that it's not a good thing and that people understand why it's not a good thing. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah. But um, there are some things you can do if you want safe tanning. We've yep. talked before. We can talk about some of our great safe tanning uh, products. And I want to also do a quick plug that yeah. 
Indoor tanning can contribute to visible signs of skin aging, as Nicole mentioned, and that includes fine lines and dark spots. So I thought we would also maybe do a quick plug for some of our favorite products to help with fine lines and dark spots if you were young and dumb, like, I mean, like Mm -hmm. me, you use tanning bed and you're like, hey, got to get rid of those fine lines and dark spots. What can I do? So Nicole, some of your favorite products for... Okay, so my favorite product for fine lines is Botox. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just kidding. Um, to, For a fine line... Well, well, number one, yes, I do have some Botox, but that's not what I'm recommending everyone go and do for fine lines, okay? <laughs> like, mine is to fix my facial expressions at my desk. Um, <laughs> I would say vitamin C usage every day under your sunscreen is super important. It helps fortify the skin and prevent against photoaging. Um, products that contain azelaic acid are also really good for hyperpigmentation. Um, and then just like plumping your skin up, anything with glycerin right now, to be honest, glycerin is the product that is sweeping the skincare market and it sounds so simple, but it really does make a difference. I've started using another cleanser that is 50% glycerin and I feel it in my face. And so I don't look is tired in some areas where I typically have some fine lines. They just look like a little more plump than they normally are. So I would say anything that keeps you hydration. And if you do have some of those darker spots, um, vitamin C's and anything that can reduce photosensitivity Yeah, and wear sunscreen. So it doesn't (laughs) get worse. That goes without saying, but I'm going to say it again. Yeah. I was just going to echo what Nicole said. There's lots of products you can find. You can find high-end stuff. You can find drugstore stuff. Um, and uh, there's lots of products you can pick up that are going to fade your dark spots, even out your skin tone. And things like the um, glycolic acid are mm-hmm. really good. Very easy to find products that have glycolic acid, different percentages in them. The mandelic acid, which we've talked about before, if you tend to have more sensitive skin, um, mandelic is a great uh, option for you. Uh, vitamin C again, a daily vitamin C that you follow up by using a sunscreen. If you do use a vitamin C in the morning, uh, following up with a sunscreen before you leave the house, it can just make your skin more prone to sun damage. So you don't Mm -hmm. want to use vitamin C and then not follow up with sunscreen because you're going to end up just doing everything you're trying to protect from. Right. Obviously using a retinoid. So whether you're using a retinol, retinol, uh, which is a retinaldehyde, tretinoin, adapalene, uh, you know, whatever your retinol item or serum or gel or cream is, um, some sort of retinoid somewhere in your routine will also help with those kinds of things. So I think that's probably it. And then for sunless tanning, Nicole, what are your thoughts? I am currently not using, and I haven't in probably like a year, I haven't used any sunless tanner. I won in Puerto Rican. So I'm not super, super pale. That we're all jealous. Like I'm not tan by any means right now, but I'm not super, super pale. And honestly, I have just made a decision not to care. My decision is not to care. Now, if I do use a self-tanner and like one, look, I'm not that flexible. It's just hard to put on. It's a pain in the butt. I would rather just be pale. 
But if I had to pick one, the one that I've used over and over is the Saint-Tropez. If I am going somewhere and my legs are going to be exposed and they look a little Caspery, which they do right now, not going to lie, um, then I would do Saint-Tropez. But I may get back into it. I don't know. I'm just, I'm embracing being a pale queen. Yeah, I used to use the sand tropez as well. I mean, I had like the, I had the foam and the mitt and the whole mm-hmm. shebang. I started using the Isle of Paradise self-tanning drops and there's a mm-hmm. couple different kinds. There's like a light, medium, and dark. I use the pink, which is the light. Uh, one's purple, one's teal. So I'm not sure which one's like purple, which one's teal, but I know pink is the light one. Pink is light. The green is medium and the purple is dark. Okay, gotcha. Per Sephora.com. Uh, okay. <laughs> and you can just put a couple of drops into your traditional moisturizer and use whatever like moisturizer that you prefer. Um, and it works really well. And I'm kind of like Nicole. I will periodically use some on my face just to give my face a little bit of color. It keeps me from having to like wear foundation all the time. I can just normally, you know, put on sunscreen and go and not have to worry about it if I have a little bit of color. Uh, from the sunless tanner, but yeah, that's what I use. It's really easy mm-hmm. to pick up, lasts a really long time. Um, you know, there there really are so many other options, and you know, the the idea is you're not doing all of this just to keep yourself from getting wrinkly when you get old. You're doing this to keep yourself from basically having like little silent killers growing on your skin yeah. that you find out about when it's too late. I think both of us have been our, you know, someone in our family has been touched by that and it is very scary. And those people do bear the scars of the work that they've had to have done in order to make sure all of that cancer was out of their body, surgical, like surgically removed. And now they wear, they, they wear those scars every day. And so we're just hopeful for you know, the other people in our life, which includes our listeners who we love mm-hmm. that you all don't have to go through the same thing. And if you have, you know, we feel for you, our hearts go out for, go out to you um, because we understand how important this is. So, right. And if take, I will also take this chance to do a little shameless plug. If you have not found a dermatologist or dermatology office that you like um, get established, I, we have a very good friend who we were talking to recently and she, she, she was like, Oh my gosh, guys, I have something to confess. I have not gone to a dermatologist yet. And I'm so scared. And I was like, why, why are you so scared? And she said, well, somebody told me that you have to get like completely naked. And they like, she said, she said that they like, well, they, that they were essentially looking in regions very carefully And that uh, caused her some anxiety. And I said, no, you don't have to do that. Almost every dermatologist I've ever been to says that, you know, you, you are comfortable, like they work with you to your level of comfort. And, and it really is about where you are comfortable. And that's like where you draw the line. And I have never met a dermatologist or a nurse practitioner or a, a PA in any dermatology office that's ever tried to push or uh, do anything that, you know, has made me uncomfortable. So certainly if that's your fear, please don't let that be your fear of going to a dermatologist or a dermatology office because they are so kind and lovely and just want you to be safe. So um, 
I friends, you know who you are if you listen to this episode. <laughs> Make the call. <laughs> All right. I think that well, wraps us up. I think that wraps us up. Don't go get in the tanning bed. Yeah. Um, especially you planet fitness people that have them at your disposal. Don't Ugh. don't go in there. Don't get do it's it. free. Don't don't do that. No. Ew. No. You're you're there. If you're a planet fitness, you're there better like making yourself better. Don't, don't go in that tanning bed. Don't go in the tanning bed. No. Anywho. <laughs> Have we got our point across yet? <laughs> I think we got our point across. All right. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Skincare and Scandals, the podcast where you tell you not to go into the tanning bed or you'll get squamous cell carcinoma and have wrinkles. That's all we have for you today. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Get your skincare fix throughout the week by following us on social media at Instagram, Facebook, and the occasional TikTok at Skincare and Scandals. Send us an email or a DM, and we just might answer your question on our next episode. Our contact info is in the show notes for each show.